welcome back to what we can fully consider the only Wheel of Time fan cast that's out there. Strictly because I took the name and made it my own, so there's no others that can be named like mine. But that's not the point. Here today, we have returned to discuss the beautiful episode 4 of the Wheel of Time series. And I must first start with a regretful situation, which is, <laughs> I can't take my pre-knowledge out of this. <laughs> I've tried. I've tried for four episodes. I've tried for multiple rewatches. I've tried for many, many things that occur to not put my own understanding of the books and where they're eventually heading to just enjoy it all. Oh, I can't do it, man. I <laughs> I can't, I can't, I just can't do it. I can't sit here and be like, when people write on the internet, oh my god, who could be the Dragon Reborn? And go like, no, are you people idiots? I can't, I can't not. I find myself being stuck on having to say that to myself over and over and over. But, that's not the point. That's, that's not where we're at. That's not what we're doing here. What we're doing here is beautifully going into the details and the artistry of episode four. Now, mind you, there was a lot building in this episode. There was a lot that happened in this episode. There's a lot that we finally got done and got revealed. You know, I, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the fact that this episode gave us a little bit more of other characters because I felt the first ones were leaning on Rand and on, well, Matt and Egwene a little bit more than anything else. And this one we got, you know, we got Nynaeve, we got Perrin. We got what I felt was, you know, just more side character development and entertainment. Which was awesome, honestly. Uh... I thought we're going to skip around a little bit because I don't think reviewing it just from beginning to end really works for how my mind works when going through these things, even though that would be better. I don't know. We're going we'll, to, we'll see where we end up as we continue this discussion as it goes further. First of all, the opening sequence was very well done. I thought it introduced, A, the madness that's within... You know, the one power for men. Because that's how it has to be introduced. I don't... A lot of... I want to interject this with a lot of what I've seen in conversations that I follow online. And there's been a lot of people questioning whether or not the one power's divide has been introduced yet. And I think it has. It just hasn't been given the name that it is in the books. And that's fine. I don't mind... It not being given the name. What I do enjoy is that they have been divided. There is a power for women and there is a power for men. And it is very, very sure that the power that's within men has been corrupted in some way and turn, turns men, gives them madness from using that power. While the women's is clean and pure and is able to be used without any hints or touches of the madness that the men's power has. It's still all the one power, yes, that's true, but it's not the same. 
And for anybody who's been watching and asking, oh, well, you know, Moraine saw or um, Logan saw the weaves and saw. No, they didn't. It is very clear that we as an audience are seeing what's happening. We're seeing the weaves. We're seeing what's going on. And it's also very clear that Moraine on multiple occasions has made a distinct effort to tell us, I cannot see and he cannot see. Especially when she first does the weaving to break his connection from the source and himself for Loghain. When she does that, she's very clear of saying, I can feel him fighting, but I can't see it. Can't see the weaves. I never, And she never knew that before that point that she wouldn't be able to see it. She knew, but she didn't know, if you understand. It's like, I know this mic is there. But I don't always think about the mic being there. So it's it was very well done. And I think it's being addressed in a very good and interesting manner. Loghain's understanding of how crazy he can be in his own madness is very interesting. And it foreshadows that the greater the power of the person using it, the more of a control they may have of what they're going to be using. I thought the interaction between Moraine and Loghain, especially towards the end of the episode, which we'll hit later because I think that deserves more detail, was also probably one of the better done sections of this whole series thus far, simply because it was very gentle but forceful from both sides at the same time. And Moraine made sure to make it so that he understood you don't have an idea of what's coming. Now, I want to dissuade... This is a podcast that will automatically dissuade anybody who thinks Nynaeve is the Dragon Reborn away from that. She is not. What you're not understanding is the first interaction between Moraine and her was to clarify that she wasn't the one. She is not the one. But what we're not understanding beyond that is, she doesn't have to be the one to be one of the most powerful people on the show. That ending showed us that. Her character has shown us that. What what do you think she will become? We've seen, you know, previews of what could be possible on multiple occasions. Like... We need to get over whether or not she's the one. Because she's not. It was it was introduced to us that she wasn't from the very beginning. Now, I get that in this episode, and at the end of the third with the Dark Friend, that it was given to us that there are five people that the Dark One is after. But why can't it be Loghain? It, think about how the first episode, the first section of episode four started with him talking to the madness and them trying to corrupt him in some sort of way, worse than he already was. And that in and of itself led leads to the idea that he's one of the ones that the Dark One's trying to touch. But everything that happens in this episode, it'll probably go back down to four at some point. It's not going to stick around five. Plus, there's only four more episodes left. That would be too much to keep five going into season two. Something has to be defined by the end of this season on who Moraine's chosen one is. 
So that will be developed before the end of the season, I believe. And for the, some of those who are not expecting who it is, and for us who are, <laughs> it might be a clash. Because the way the character's being developed currently is the way they're supposed to be. Okay? I told you in the last review, you got to watch for what they did with certain characters on how they separated them from what is happening and from what the idea of who the Chosen One is, how they've been moved apart. Think about it. Yeah, Nynaeve's interaction with Moraine and Lan makes sense to giving people this idea that she's the one, but it's her character is more than just being possibly the Dragon Reborn. I get the idea of Egwene being introduced to that, because right now her character doesn't have a lot of other things that she's doing other than worrying about Rand, like, and possibly becoming an Aes Sedai. So we'll wait and see where that leads and how that progresses. Um, I also thought this whole episode was very interesting on just developing almost like the myth, the mythos of who the Dragon Reborn is and who Moraine is and why this means so much to her and showing that she actually has friends, even though she doesn't say she has friends, but she has friends. So, you know, now breaking down the other character, I told you last time, Matt has no feeling and no sense that he's the one. There's nothing that should have indicated you to him being the one. He's just being corrupted, as this episode show by other factors. You really didn't think that dagger would play a bigger role than it's playing right now? Because trust me, oh, Jesus is coming. What comes next with that is insane. And right now, he's being thrown. And having Tom trying to throw some of that suspicion away from the idea of somebody else being the one and onto Matt for the audience... While it was well done, there's enough evidence of what's happened with Matt to show that that's not it. Yes, he's doing, he has a lot of the symptoms of what Tom talked about with his nephew, but they're not 100% correct. Not everything's there. Plus, we as an audience see that there's something trying to take him over, something that's driving him towards a bit of madness, something that's pushing him. But he doesn't have powers. That's the only thing that has shown. He's not showing any external factors of being in touch with the one source. So, yeah. You know, interesting by Tom. And it's a good play for the audience. I hate the way that ended with leaving Tom behind, fighting the Fade. But I thought it was necessary because you had to keep the characters, you know together but separate so we'll see what happens on the next episode with the three of them or just matt and rand and matt's going bonkers and we'll see what happens there now perrin and rand perrin in this episode was very questioning of what's happening there's he's being drawn to this idea of peace by the tinkers and it's a very very compelling idea for Perrin after everything he's been through. 
And it's a very good way of just maybe giving him a way to expel the demons that are within him with regards to, you know, Layla's death. So that's going to be interesting. But that also, for me, that it almost removes him from the idea of being the one simply because his story has so much else developed with it and in it that has to come to a conclusion that to add on that whole other layer would be almost crazy for where the character has to develop in and of itself because you're telling me I have to get over killing my wife I have to get over the fact that I used a weapon on her I have to get over the fact that there's rage inside of me that we saw in that first episode and then on top of that I'm going to be the one it's too much yeah, it's nice to develop the characters, but that's a little bit too much to add to just one character. So Parent feels like he has his core that he has to go through. Just as a side note before we get to my last idea, Aram from the Tinkers, I'm enjoying him. I'm enjoying him a lot. I'm enjoying him a lot, and that's all I'm going to say for book readers. <sighs> Yeah, I'm enjoying him a lot. Now, finally, for everybody that's watching, for everybody that's been paying attention, I told you, pay attention to Rand simply because of what happened with the Dark Friend. What she said to him when they were trapped, what he did in being trapped, and the fact that his character currently has nothing else but a Gween going for him. Other than being a protector, because he protects Matt, he protected Aguin, he wants to be there for everybody. What else does his character have going right now? Not much. Don't you think if a character currently doesn't have a lot going, that we need to throw something in the mix to make sure that character has something that pushes them? He's given us signs, the show has given us signs, there's been things there, and I get that we're trying to put this in our minds, that there are others, oh my god, therefore, but they can all be part of the story for it while he can still be the Dragon Reborn. It does not mean that the whole story only revolves around him, it just means he plays a pivotal role in what the story ends up being. Come on. It, it makes sense if you piece together everything that's happened so far. Matt has a story and has something to develop towards. Perrin has something to get over and develop towards. Aguin has a goal that she has in mind for what comes up next. Uh, Loghain has already proven that he's not the strongest of males. And then you have Nynaeve. Nynaeve has subtle interactions with Lan, has interactions with the other warders and then has her own kick-ass moments that have happened on multiple times her character is getting fleshed out it's getting developed while yes it's true that it would be okay to throw on the dragon reborn with her i don't think it does anything to erode her character if she isn't and i don't really think it help does anything to help her character if she is so if it's not going to help her character if she is the Dragon Reborn, there's no point to just make her the Dragon Reborn. So, 
what don't what do we do if we don't make her the Dragon Reborn? Well, why not develop a connection, Lamb? If you do not see the little subtleties that are occurring between the two of them, you are not paying attention. There is a lot of respect happening. There is a lot of things developing. There were also quite a few moments where what happens to close out the episode could have happened and given us a little bit more. So, throughout the episode, we have Nynaeve's interactions on multiple occasions. We have her going back and forth with the Red lead, with Lan, with the other warders. She hasn't interacted with Moraine yet. That's going to be an interesting one after this episode. But we have her subtle movements on what's happening and what's going on in this little community. So what I find to be some of the most interesting stuff with her is that she's developing a character outside the need of the premise of the Dragon Reborn. So it has no point to give her the title and make her the Dragon Reborn for the series. Because her character is so well-developed already. And then you added a wrinkle of, holy crap, she might be one of the strongest users of the One Power in a very, very long time. So let's break down this scene. Like I told you, I'm going to jump back and forth. This isn't just about going straight through the episode. It's about taking the pieces that happened because this series so far has shown us it's not one continuous motion. It's jumping between the different characters to develop each person's motion. So, Nynaeve's scenes. Like I said, there are multiple. When the fight begins, I thought that that could be a point for her to show or release some of that power that, honestly, if you were paying attention, you thought she would have something. Because for Aguin to have even a little, and Nynaeve to be a wisdom and have as much power as she already does... In the and in the the town of Two Rivers, and then everything else, you gotta believe that there's something there with the one power that she has. So, I saw a few moments where I thought, okay, she's gonna break out here. She's gonna do something here. Something here is gonna happen. And no, it didn't. It was, I, I enjoyed that it took to the very end to give us the scene I've been wanting. For almost the whole episode when I noticed that the whole episode was focused on her more than anybody else. So, when the scene finally came. When the warder. <laughs> when he attacks Loghain. And Loghain breaks his axe. And the axe hits everybody. Everybody. When that happens. I'm gonna like, oh no. And Lan's dying. There's your other little connection. I've been talking about this whole review and this whole episode. Your other little connection happened right there. When everybody's dying and she sees Lan there, almost dying too, almost dead, bleeding out completely, you get the full expel of the power and it encompasses everybody and it heals everybody at the same time. For those of you who have not read the book and not understand how great the one power can be, 
taking it on this, did you see how much it took for the green to heal Moraine when she is an epic user of the one power, but because she was doing so many other things, it was it was hard for her to do the final heals to get to use just even a simple healing. Think about that and then take it into account that Nanive healed what had to be I don't know eight nine people at once and in doing that she brought everybody from Brinks and brought everybody basically back to life and released an amount of power that even though Logan couldn't see it he could feel the force of it and in feeling that force he understood what Moraine had been telling him in their conversation. You don't even get the idea of what someone like the Dragon Reborn could be capable of. And I think that's why Nynaeve being the Dragon Reborn makes no sense because she's releasing her capability in healing in that manner. And while the male part of the One Power can heal, because Logan proved that at the beginning of the episode... It's not the same way, and it's just, it was, it was awesome. The scene was done beautifully. The linking between the sisters was done very well. The separation from the one power from Lo, for Loghain was done so well. I thought everything progressed as it should I thought the changes that have been made from the book to the series have been phenomenal. I don't hold as much pain from the idea that they should have stuck directly to... No, subtle changes needed to be made to make this ready for TV. And I thought the look at the end between Nynaeve and Moraine give us, gives us a lot, but it does not give us what you think it does. And I, I love the camera work at the very end of the episode where you zoom into Nani's eyes and it's supposed to give us a glimpse. There's enough evidence there that if she's the Dragon Reborn, it makes it, it would make no sense. It would just it would draw too much away from the books, A, and it would draw too much away from how other characters need to develop B. So there's something more here, but she's just extremely powerful. And I think we cannot restrain her to the idea of the Dragon Reborn simply because we need somebody who's extremely powerful to be the Dragon Reborn. No, that's not that's not fair enough. That's not that's that's limiting in my sensibilities. Like that's too focused on trying to make the person who shows power right now be that. And it's not fair. And it doesn't develop the character in a correct way. Especially on what we've been given so far. Even though right now the only two choices of people that it could be from what's been developed are Nynaeve and Rand. And Aguin just a little bit trailing behind, but... I want to see where she heads. Right now, 
if I had to rank truly from watching the show, my favorites are Nynaeve, Lan, Perrin, and Moraine. With Rand simply because I enjoy nice guys and Rand is the nicest of guys. A little bit of an idiot. Sometimes comes off as very naive, but he's nice and he does everything from that place. So I enjoy his character simply for that. Uh, the White Cloaks are awesome for bad guys. And even the Red are very cool for bad guys in the sense of different from what you're expecting from all the other Aes Sedai. And very smooth with their words. <laughs> that conversation between her and Nynaeve was just... Was was nice. And the fact that Nynaeve caught it right away, nah, I don't trust you. But overall, highlights of the episode, intro... Moraine's conversation with Logan, Nanive's ending sequence, and uh, Perrin's conversation with the Tinkers. I thought those four sections of this episode elevated this episode to a really good place. Um, I also thought that the whole episode developed the slow progress very well. I do think since it's only an eight-episode season, we're going to have to progress just a little fast, faster to get to where we need to get to. With quite a few of these characters. And especially with them coming back together. I honestly think the whole group needs to come back together within the next episode to episode and a half. If they're not back together by six and a half. Then, eh, or the end of six. Uh, that'd be stretching it. Because there's a lot coming. And... If it ends the way book one ends, there's a lot that's going to develop and we're going to get a lot of interesting things. But it was a good goddamn episode, man. This was very well done. The one power is very, very fun in the way it's being used and the way it's done. And it's it's just very different for every, every, every Aes Sedai. So I thought that was very cool. So that has been my review for episode four. I hope you guys have enjoyed it, and I will see you on the next one. Peace.